This talk was recorded by Canvas Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as a part of the 2021 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Canvas Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. All right, if you guys want to grab your notebooks, our final rally tonight. And I would just say, it's cool to hear like three snapshots, but the reality is God worked in every one of you this summer, and all of you have like a snapshot and a story to tell, and um, I would just encourage you, even as you think about your ride home, or um, I know a lot of you guys had campus time and got a chance to share, but I would just encourage you to share what God did. I think it's encouraging to hear God's grace in and through your life this summer, and it's really powerful, and honestly, as staff, this is like one of the most rewarding things when we get to come back and hear what God did, especially when we weren't here. So, um, so thank you guys for sharing too. I really appreciate that. Um, so this is the final rally. Can you guys believe it? It seems like, I don't know, not yesterday, but kind of. Not that long ago, we had our first rally. Now it's the final rally and we're going home tomorrow. It's crazy. It's sad. Some of you are like, it, it's gone by really fast, but kind of slow at the same time, right? But, all right, so hopefully you guys have enough time to get to your notebook, get to the right page. I don't even know what page you're on. 27. 27, okay. So if you guys want a title, um, it might not make sense initially, but this is what we're running with. When loss feels like loss, not gain. When loss feels like loss, not gain. So, um, so this summer, we obviously studied Philippians all summer. And our theme verse was, whatever gain I had, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So, in our theme verse, it talks about gain is loss. But... So often in life, we have loss in our life, and this passage doesn't talk about loss. But what about when loss feels like loss? Or if we jump ahead to Philippians chapter 4, um, in Philippians chapter 4, 11 through 13, he says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, I've learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So Paul talks about this idea like, I've learned this secret to be in whatever circumstance. Like to be brought low, to be in need. And, uh, and sometimes like if you're anything like me, you read that passage and you're like, man, I know Paul had like a hard life, but that's really hard to say sometimes, right? Like there are hard things in our life where loss feels like loss. And in those seasons, it's hard to say what Paul just said there. In Philippians 4, 11 through 13. If we were honest, like that would be a hard thing to quote. And, and a lot of people misquote 4 and 13 as well. But that's another, another sermon for another day. Um, so if you're just thinking about um, our time tonight, what we're trying to do. Um, so maybe the goal is we want to help prepare you for the storms of life. For the storms of life. So if you think about this summer and you think about um, hopefully a lot of you had a positive experience. Hopefully you guys feel like you grew a lot this summer. And at the same time, you guys are with 80 other people helping you move forward in your walk with God. 
and you're going to get back to your campus and there are going to be other things that hit you and maybe not this next year but definitely in the course of your life coming up and me now being one of the oldest people in the room i'm not that old but experience maybe 15 more years of life than you guys i can just tell you like there's going to be hard things that none of you guys are going to anticipate in the next 15 years of your life um and so the bible gives a lot of different word pictures but one i love just to like think about where we want you guys to be psalm 1 verse 3 talks about trees planted by streams of living water that's what we want you guys to be trees planted by living water we want you guys to have deep roots and be solid trees that when the storms of life come you're solid you have a deep foundation with god that changes everything so with that said let me pray and then i'll kind of walk over going so we gotta pray that um, that that would happen. That as we think about this summer and beyond, that we want to be trees planted by streams of living water. That um, when the wind blows, when the storm comes, we're planted deeply into the living water, into the Word, into You, into Christ. And would that help us as we navigate life this side of heaven? So, God, uh, would You be with us? Would You help us during this time? We pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you guys have a Bible, we're going to go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read, I think like the final seven verses, something like that. Um, so this is where Jesus calms the storm. So yeah, Mark 4, if you want to have your Bible, we're going to try to spend most of our time in this passage. Alright, so Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41, this is what he says. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him? So, a couple things just the context of the passage and helping us understand it and then um, some points to help you here but um, so you have to remember that a lot of the disciples were fishermen right so this isn't like the first time they've come into a storm in fact they were probably pretty experienced sailors so um, so you have to think like they knew what they were doing with a boat they knew how to sail and at the same time, this storm scared them. Like, they were fearful for their life. The boat was already filling. It was sinking. So this isn't just like a little storm. This is a big storm for experienced fishermen. So much that they think they're perishing. They're going to die. Right? And at the same time, um, Jesus is sleeping. So, it's just kind of a weird thing. Like, how in the world does that happen? Like, Jesus is with them, sleeping. And they think they're going to die, right? Um, and I love this picture because I think this is often true of us. Like, 
there are going to come storms in our life that come up where it feels like, God, what in the world are you doing? Like, why are you asleep right now? This is the moment I need you. And it feels like he's sleeping. And the crazy thing in this story, like, Jesus is with them. Like, he's in the boat with them sleeping, right? Like, it's crazy to think about. Um, And then, I mean, it's a fairly simple story, but they wake Jesus up. And what does he do? Like, he rebukes the storm. And the storm obeys. Like, that's crazy to think about. Like, Jesus just stands up from sleeping, like, stretches out, and, like, and the wind and seas obey him. Like, Jesus can change the storm, and he does. And then they're like, oh, my goodness. Like, that was incredible. Like, even the wind and seas obey him. Um, and so, again, that's just kind of, like, the context of the story, diving a little bit deeper into it. Um, and so I, I do just want to say this, too, kind of at the forefront of the talk, that... Um, the storm of life is coming for you guys and at the same time I don't want this to feel like a downer right because for some of you like this next year is going to be awesome like right now you might be in an awesome spot and that's totally okay so this isn't like um, necessarily to be like a downer it's more because we just want to prepare you that these things are coming like this is actually what life is like life this side of heaven is full of hard things Um, So, it's okay if you're currently not in a storm. And at the same time, there will be seasons of your life that feel more like that. Um, So, uh, let's see. So, for some of you coming up in the next few years, you might experience seasons of anxiety or loneliness or confusion about your life direction or broken friendships or broken relationships with family. Maybe um, you want to be in a relationship or unmet desires you have or disappointments, or death, or cancer, or sickness, or pain. The list can go on and on and on. And maybe even more personal, I'll just share some in Nikki and I's life the last few years. Just this summer, a friend of ours, um, his dad got diagnosed with bone cancer. Um, And he's broken up over that. Um, Two of Nikki's closest friends from college have walked away from God in the last few years. And that's been really hard. Um, before Eden was born, um, Nikki and I were pregnant and we had a miscarriage with our first kid. And, and then from that point on, we struggled with infertility. And that was really hard and something we didn't anticipate. Um, five years ago, two days ago, um, two of our friends from college died in a tragic car accident. And it was them and their three kids. And Nikki and I went to Northwestern with them. They were 30 years old, going to be missionaries in Japan. Um, Like, think about that. Like, most of you in this room are 18. George might be 25. (laughs) Um, But even if you just think about that, like, we're talking, like, 12 to 8 more years. Like, you're not guaranteed one more day. Like, um, Nikki and I were not prepared to think about friends we had class with. Like, I was a biology major with this guy. Like, loved to study with him because he helped me a ton. Um, and in a moment, his life was gone. Um, it's crazy to think about. And I'm sure you guys are going to experience similar things like that. Um, we've had family members who've struggled with addiction. We've had friends who've longed for marriage and God hasn't provided. Um, family member who went to jail and betray- betrayed trust. 
we've experienced um, relationships around us that have had multiple divorces and infidelity. Um, and I think even in these last two years, Nikki and I have, it's been tough to learn this role that we're in now with Campus Outreach and navigate COVID and all these other things going on. Um, and those are just a few, like I could name other things, but the reality is your, your life is not always gonna go the way you want it, right? And everyone at least kind of knows that. And at the same time, most of us don't feel prepared for when the storm comes. And so that's kind of what we want to do the rest of the time. And based off of Mark 4, we want to help prepare you for the storm of life. So, so how can you prepare for the storm of life? That's kind of where we're going. Number one, we want you to remember, remember who God is. Remember who God is. So this is kind of like going all the way back to the beginning of the summer, right? Talk one was on this stuff. But the reality is like, when we remember who God is, um, it changes our perspective on a number of different things. So this is kind of how that works. So in Mark 4, it says, even the wind and seas obeyed. Even the wind and seas obeyed. So they think they're dying. Jesus comes in and he stops the storm entirely. And it was very peaceful. Um, and, and I think out of that passage, we can see God is good. Like, Jesus calms the storm. Jesus clearly cares for them. Um, and we can also see from Mark 4 that he can change your circumstance. Like when we think about God, there's very few things when life feels out of control that someone can step in and change the circumstance, and God can. Um, and I would also say that doesn't mean he's going to, right? Like I think we all know too, like, even if we want something to go away that we don't want, it's not necessarily going to happen. And at the same time, God does miracles all the time. Um, and, uh, and with God, we have to remember, He knows what we need. He knows what we need better than we can think or imagine. So, it's always easier to see this stuff with kids. But um, you guys remember Eden, and right now, she loves ice cream. So if it was up to her, she would want ice cream all the time. Not only would she want ice cream, you guys know this too, she loves Lion King. But she recently, in July, also discovered a show called Bluey. So she loves Lion King and Bluey and ice cream. And if it were up to her, that would be what her life consisted of. Ice cream, Bluey, and Lion King. On repeat. But the reality is, Nikki and I know at points, Actually, what she needs is a timeout or rest or sleep. She doesn't need ice cream. In fact, um, for Asher's birthday, we did a Dairy Queen cake. And both kids ate so much that they threw up. <laughs> okay, probably not great parenting, but they thought they could keep going and they wanted ice cream. The reality is they couldn't and they threw up. Um, and it was a mess. And they were super wired for a while. Not a good move, but... Um, also right now, Eden, um, she doesn't want to go to the bathroom a lot of times because she's having so much fun. So she's playing, enjoying life, having a ton of fun, and then it's like, uh-oh, I went to the bathroom in my pants. And Nikki and I know, like, we can just tell, like, hey, Eden, you want to go to the bathroom? Nope, nope, nope. But the reality is we know what she needs, and she doesn't see it that way. And again, this is very easy to see with kids harder to see with us because a lot of times we think we know best we think we know what we want or need in life and the reality is 
that picture of my relationship with Eden, God knows even more what we need. God knows even more what we need to walk through. And at points, that's hard things. Um, so again, God can change circumstances. And at the same time, sometimes he has you in those circumstances to help you with what you need. Um, also, when we think about remembering who God is, it's really important to remember, remember that he's with you. So again, I already touched on this at the beginning of Mark 4, but Jesus is with him in the boat. Like, it's not like he was far off and they're calling out to him. I mean, he was literally asleep right next to them. Um, and all the more now, we have the Holy Spirit with us now. In every moment of our life, like, God is with us. And that's a powerful reality when we think about whatever situation we're in. God is with us. And then I think uh, another important thing as we remember who God is, it humbles us and moves us towards repentance. It humbles us and moves us towards repentance because we realize how often we want to be in control, we want to be God, um, and we understand that we actually are not God. And that should move us towards humility and move us towards repentance towards God. Um, Jackie Hill Perry, I think I have a quote here. Um, she says, you, uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's right. You can't put to death what you believe is keeping you alive. You can't put to death what you think is keeping you alive. Um, and a lot of times, this is what happens in a hard circumstance. We think that um, we know what we want, we're in control, and the reality is um, we can't... Uh, put to death what we believe is keeping us alive. So what forces us to trust God with that situation. Um, and then I, I would just say on this point too that as we understand who God is, it humbles us and moves us towards repentance. Um, just because in a moment you don't feel like it or don't feel like, um, uh, feel like God is good or feel like God is with you or feel like you're, you're starting to entertain these lies about who God is doesn't mean that's true about who God is. So just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's true, right? And I think in those moments of the storm are where Satan's going to whisper these lies to you. And um, that's where you have to know and have a foundation for what you know is true with God and fight for that truth. Um, so number one is remember who God is. Number two is walk with God today. Walk with God today. If there is like one super practical thing I could give you guys that's going to prepare you for the rest of your life, it would be walk with God today. That sounds simple enough, but we wake up and we, it seems like we forget everything. And we, I just want to encourage you guys, walk with God today. Uh, Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Um, and so, a big part of walking with God is spending time with Him. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And I know that even Billy talked about that yesterday. Yesterday. Everything's such a blur, right? But that was yesterday. Um, but walk with God today. Um, it's in the valleys of life when you need to draw upon the reservoir of stored up truth. It's in the valleys of life when you need to draw upon the reservoirs of stored up truth. Um, another way to think about that is... When you're going through the storm of life, you're going to need to recall what's true in the Word of God. Because so many things are going to be screaming at you um, that aren't true. 
that you're going to have to recall what is true. And you're going to look back on the seasons where God has helped you grow or seasons where you were able to memorize a lot of scripture. And those are going to be things that you draw upon that really help you in those seasons. Um, another just question to ask yourself, um, this is still under walking with God today, but who are you giving authority to speak into your life? Who are you giving authority to speak into your life? So, in this day and age, so much is screaming at us because of our phones, right? With social media, with news, even friends. And it can become easy as that's like our knee-jerk reaction in the midst of whatever we're walking through to go to friends, to go to social media, to go to whatever that looks like. I'm not even most up-to-date with the latest and greatest social media. Um, But all those things are screaming at us what um, usually isn't true. And yet, it can be easy at points to neglect God and go to those things rather than to spend time with God. Um, So, we would just encourage you, don't close yourself off from God in the storm. He offers us a refuge, and He isn't our enemy. He's our friend. He wants to help us. Um, So, walk with God today. The next thing I would say to you is, um, connect to God's people. Connect to God's people. Another way to say this is, Plug into the church. Plug into the church. We didn't have a talk this summer about the church. Um, There's obviously so much that could be said here, but um, but the kind of the goal of the church is that you would be deeply known and people would love you and push you towards Christ. And not only that, but you would get to use your gifts to help the body flourish as well. Um, So, when you're in the storm of life, oftentimes you need care, you need practical, practical love, intangible grace that usually comes from other people. And that's found in the church. Um, and so I would just say, get connected to a church. Get connected to a church, even while you're in college. And also, obviously, Camp Outreach is, we get like maybe four years with you guys. Like, um, four to six years depending on your schooling and different things like that. So Campus RH isn't going to be able to walk alongside you for the rest of your life, but the church is. So we would just encourage you guys to get connected to people that are going to help you grow. And I would say even now in college, get connected to people that are going to help you, even if it's not Campus Outreach. Like, hear me say, like, I know and I've been on staff of Campus Outreach long enough to know that Campus Outreach is not a fit for everybody. And that's okay. Like, and at the same time, I wouldn't be on staff with Campus Outreach if I didn't think we were a good option to help you grow in your faith. But that doesn't mean it's a good fit for everyone, but we would love to help you. And we would love to help you find another ministry, even if it's not us. Um, so also I would say with the church, don't just attend church. You're missing out on the point and benefit of church if all you do is show up and take. But we want you to use your gifts to serve We want you to jump into a small group or whatever kind of fellowship they have in a smaller setting that you can be known. Um, Get to know God's people through the church. That's going to help you the rest of your life. Um, So the second point I have for you is what helps you in the storm. So the first point was what helps you prepare for the storm. But what helps you when you're actually in the storm of life? What happens when you're actually walking through things that are challenging and hard? Um, and the first thing I would say is 
Don't move away from God and God's people. Don't move away from God and God's people. That sounds like a da type or phrase, but that's sometimes our natural reaction when things get hard is to withdraw from friends and withdraw from church, withdraw from God. Um, and uh, I have another quote here from Jackie Hill Perry, I think. Yep. We fear surrender because we equate it with loss of freedom. Yet when our lives are left up to us, we are only capable of leading into destruction. So, we fear surrender because we equate it with loss of freedom. So, and, and when we just take life upon ourselves, we actually usually run it into the ground. So what she's saying is you actually need God and you need other people to help you navigate this life. Um, and then I would also say that as we think about moving away from God and moving away from people, it's easy in the storm of life to isolate yourself, to move towards comfort and ease, to disconnect, um, to actually avoid what's actually happening and escape. And that's not what we want for you guys. And as you also move away from God's people, I would also say, don't just surround yourself with friends that aren't going to push you to God. But surround yourself with friends that are going to drag you towards Jesus when you need it. Friends that are going to push you where you don't want to be pushed, but need it. The second thing is what helps you in the storm is lament. Lament. This is a weird biblical word. Um, I know we don't like talk about this very often, and it's not like a common word thrown around like everyday life. Like, what's lament? Um, but when the Bible talks about lament, the easiest way to think about it is moving to God in your hurt, pain, or your storm. Moving towards God in the midst of your hurt, pain, or storm. That's what a lament is. And... Um, and specifically, as we think about lamenting, I would encourage you guys to think about journaling, sharing like kind of how you're feeling with God and write that down. Um, kind of helps you slow down and process. And I personally am not great with this, but in those moments where there's a storm, this really helps me to, to journal and slow down, um, to make time to move towards God. Very practically, as you think about lamenting, I would encourage you to read the Psalms. Read the Psalms. Of the 150 Psalms, 42 of them are Psalms of lament. Which basically we get a front row seat to watching these biblical characters go to God in the midst of their storm. And what that actually does for me is it, it frees my own heart up to feel like, oh, I can do the same thing with God. Like when I see them talk about like God's causing their teeth to grind on rocks or gravel, you're like, oh my goodness, you can talk to God that way? And you can. Like, God is big enough to take your emotion, even negative emotion, even hard things you're walking through, and that's what a lament is. So when you read a third of the Psalms are lament Psalms that share these personal stories where people are going through hard things. And that does a weird thing in my heart that helps me feel freed up to do the same thing with God as I'm experiencing those feelings and emotions in my life. Um, and then, I would also say to pray. So, usually as I read the Psalms, it helps me move towards Jesus. And then, as I'm journaling, it helps me pray to God. And I'm able to lament and move towards God. It's like this circle that happens in my life. But, um, and I would also say, as you think about praying, 
towards God, don't just ask God to change your circumstance, but ask you to help him trust. Ask him to, to help you trust him in the midst of what you're walking through. Ask him to help you um, understand how he's at work in this. Um, not just, hey, change what I'm going through. And at the same time, I don't think that's a bad prayer, right? Like, depending on what the storm of your life is, I'm not saying don't pray for the miracle. I think we should, and we can. Um, and at the same time, remember that God might have you walking through this for a reason. So ask Him to help you trust Him in the midst of what you're walking through. Um, and then the last thing i say what would help you in the storm is ask for help. Ask for help. This, again, is opposite of what I said at the beginning of this point, but it's easy in the storm to move away from God and away from people. Therefore, when you're in the middle of the storm, ask for help. This is God's way of using His grace through people to help you navigate what you're walking through. Um, and um, this is also where I'd say, like, when you're in the storm, it, it takes a lot of humility to ask for help. And no one likes asking for help, if we're all honest. Like, no one wants to be weak. No one wants to think they don't have it together. Um, and I remember when Nikki and I were walking through the miscarriage, just people coming over, dropping off flowers, dropping off meals, just super tangible way to love on us. And we didn't even ask for it. And it was super helpful. But I think it was God's grace through people that actually allowed us to open up and share with people and for them to respond um, and show God's grace through tangible ways of mowing our lawn or helping us with things that we needed to get done. And again, it was hard for us to ask for those things, but people were super generous with us. So this is where we need help and God's people can help us in this situation. So again, as we think about um, what's next for you, as we think about um, the next 15 years of your life, if God gives you 15 years, if he gives you 50 years, um, there's going to be storms coming. And we want to help prepare you for those storms so that you can navigate them and, and walk with God the rest of your life. Um, I had a football coach in college. Some of you guys know Coach Tally in this room. Yeah, he's kind of a funny guy, but he, he always said this and it bothered me. But, but now, like, older, I, I understand what he's saying. People always ask him, like, how was your football team? And he's like, ask me in 20 years. Um, and I was like, what does that mean? Like, our record was 10-2. and two. Like, our football team was pretty good. But when, when he said that, what he meant was, like, he cared about where we were, the men in that football team were going to be in the next 20 years of their life. And that was more important than our wins and loss record for that year. And um, so now I look back on that quote and I'm like, I actually miss Coach Tally and his words and what he would say. And the same is true of you guys. Like, we don't just care about this summer. We don't just care about this 63 days or whatever down in South Carolina. We don't just care about your time in college. We care about you walking with God the rest of your life. Like, that's truly what we want for you guys. Like I said at the beginning, we want you guys to be like Psalm 1, trees planted by streams of living water. That you can navigate all the highs and lows of life and say, like Paul, like, I've actually learned the secret, facing abundance and need. Like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not that he's going to help me bench press 600 pounds, but that he will help me in whatever situation, in shipwreck, when I've been beaten. I can trust Christ in this moment. And you guys can too. Whatever life is going, or whatever God has for you in your life. And 
I would also just say, as we come to an end, it's also okay in the storm of your life to feel disoriented. It's also okay in the storm of your life to feel whatever you're feeling. We don't just want you to slap on um, Romans 8.28 or whatever verse you think of and slap it on like you're doing well. And again, that's why we lament, because you bring your raw emotions to God. And that's what that looks like. And again, this is where you're going to need people. And I could stand up here and share story after story of what that's looked like in my life. But part of the way you guys are going to experience what I'm just talking about is by walking through hard things, is by experiencing life, is by being disappointed and having challenges that come up and being forced to trust God. And, and that's what we want for you guys, to walk with God for the rest of your life. So let me pray, and then I have some discussion questions for you guys. God, I pray that this would be true, that um, we want to be trees planted by streams of living water. We want to be people that trust you in the midst of the storms of life. We want to um, build a foundation that's deeply rooted on you so that when the storms come, we know who you are. We know what your promises say. And even when it's hard to trust you, we can say, God, I, I know um, that you're for me. I don't know what you're doing in this situation. I don't know why this is happening. I don't want this to happen. And if I could change it, I would. And at the same time, I trust you. That we would say, like Psalm 112, verse 7, he will not fear bad news. His heart is firm, trusting the Lord. That our hearts would be firm, trusting the Lord, whatever you have for us. So that we truly could say, even with our theme verse, that whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. That Christ is truly better. In this vapor's breath of a life, I'm going to trust you before you redeem everything, and I'm with you forever. So God, would you do that and more um, as we navigate these storms of life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have uh, three questions for you guys to spend a little bit of time thinking about, um, and we'll play some music, and then we'll sing, and then we have a recap video for you guys. Um, So here's the three questions. How can you or do you need to prepare for the storm of life? Or are you maybe in a storm right now? Is there someone around you in a storm that you can encourage? What is the promise of God or truth that helps you when things are hard? So spend some time thinking about these questions. And then we're going to sing a little bit. And then we'll do the recap. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2021 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.